Welcome, everyone, to the Knicks Infinite Playlist podcast, a show where we always talk about something because something's always on. I'm your host, Nick Hogan, and with me this week is a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Mary Masasi. Mary and I are both writers at Telltale TV, and uh, we've got a lot to say. So, Mary, introduce yourself to the people, please. Uh, yeah, like you said, I work with you at Telltale. Um, we watch some of the same shows, so it's always fun to have a conversation with you. Great. Um, I'm excited to get started. It's been a while since we've done this, so. Yeah, um, last time we talked was iZombie finale, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, and that, was, that was a while ago. <laughs> CW has changed drastically uh, oh since that God, time yeah. and is about to enter a new era. Um, yeah. So, first of all, um, what's new? Anything exciting happening? <laughs> Besides <laughs> my job making me want to pull my hair out? I mean, not really. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. So, just watching a lot of TV to try and keep myself from going insane. Oh, yeah. I hear that. Um, (laughs) Luckily, there's lots out there, so it's easy to find it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, um, the CW landscape is changing. Uh, We're recording this on a Thursday uh, before a new episode of Supernatural, but um, Arrow has just ended, and... You know, we mentioned iZombie ending last year and Arrow ended and Supernatural only has 10 episodes left to air. And then, um, you know, they're also, so they're, they're moving into a really pretty uncharted territory. Um, so I'm, I gotta ask, are you watching anything else on the CW besides Supernatural? Or? Um, not right now, but I'm looking towards the Superman show that oh, they're yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all know I love me some Tyler Hecklin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Teen Wolf days, man. Teen Wolf. Oh, yeah. Well, Tyler Hecklin was on 7th Heaven, and that was like the well, only, yeah, that too. Yeah. only show I watched for years. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Superman and Lois. That's, I think that's uh, it's going to be a pretty solid show, and I'm excited for that, especially after my interest in some of the other comic book shows has waned. Um, yeah. I was super into Supergirl and Black Lightning when they first started, but I haven't watched either of them in over a year. Um, yeah, I watched the first season of Supergirl, and it was good, but, like, I don't know. I just don't have the energy for it. <laughs> yeah, I think I, – I just don't think it was some of their um, – the CW Arrowverse has not been traditionally great at political TV, and it's mm-hmm. not that I'm opposed to political TV. It's that they're not good at it. Um, it's very like beat you over the head with our viewpoint kind of TV. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that was really particularly glaring on Supergirl. So, um, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Um, so I still watch her in the crossovers and I, I, I like, um, John Cryer's Lex Luthor and some of that stuff, but yeah, I still watch the flash and legends of tomorrow, but that's about it. Yeah, I started watching Supergirl because I'd heard Tyler was going to be making an appearance as Superman on it. So I was like, all right, I need to kind of know what's going on. Yeah. So I watched it. But yeah, like Tyler blew it out of the park as Superman. I was like, he deserves his own show. I'm not going to watch it, this show, unless he's on it. So I will watch <laughs> like random episodes of this show. Right. Um, and then they announced he was getting his own show. And I, my roommate and I are huge fans of his. And so we're like flipping out. We went nuts <laughs> yeah um, so excited for him that's really exciting and I'm, I'm also 
I'm intrigued by Stargirl, which was originally supposed to be for DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there's a couple upcoming CW shows that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm also, you know, before we get into Supernatural, Jared Padalecki already has his next gig booked. Um, as, Walker, Texas <laughs> as a, Ranger. In the Walker, Texas Ranger reboot. <laughs> and I'm both like, I'm both horrified and really, really intrigued by it. When I saw that, I was just like, wait, what? I'm confused. <laughs> and it's probably just an excuse to, you know, like, move back to Texas. Also, um, he threw money at them, so I'm sure that's what happened, too. <laughs> yeah, and I, they probably just said, if you've got an idea, we'll do whatever you want. And he's like, and he, you know, got drunk one night and was like, I want to be a Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> uh, you've made us I'm so much so money sure between well Gilmore Girls gonna... and... I'm not sure sure how well that's going to play out, but I'm intrigued <laughs> to find out. If oh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it, even if it's the kind of watching that you do with, like, a train wreck. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's a car accident and you can't look away. Maybe maybe it's that kind of watching, but I'm going to watch it. Or it'll end up being hate watching where you're just like, I'm doing this because I want to laugh at this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it's funny in all the wrong way. Like, yeah. mean, the old Walker, Texas Ranger – is terrible it does not hold up well at all chuck norris is not a good actor um and so like the action scenes are cool but that's it it's like power rangers for adults and um so it's like you know if they've got good writers there's hope but maybe not i i mean and for people like you and i where we sit and like critique television for a living we're like um that's not what we want. We don't want to just sit and watch cool action scenes. Like right. <laughs> there has to be some body behind it. Exactly. And I, I'm hopeful that they'll, that they'll get there, but I'm also not optimistic that they'll get there. Uh, so it could go, it could be anywhere from a uh, really great Jared Padalecki's on CW for 15 more seasons to, <laughs> to awful. He'll be an old man by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, oh man. <laughs> I'm just I'm 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 intrigued, but uh, all in all, I'm watching about half or less of what I used to watch on the CW. Yeah. So. Uh, the I yeah, I'm pretty sure. Too. Yeah, I think I'll be down to like one or two shows. But um, you know that segueing into uh, one of our topics, uh, we both watch Supernatural. It's ending this year. They're ten episodes into the final season, and they're. There's, we're recording this like an hour and a half before a new one airs. So, you know, for context, when you're listening, (laughs) um, but the last, so the last one that aired was, um, you know, the boys have bad luck and they go to visit Garth, uh, which I just thought was, I personally love Garth. So it was nice to see him. Yes. Um, I found it funny that he's a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, and that's the suburban dad shtick is just so, you know, the, hey, slugger. Um, yeah. I, I could not get enough of that. Like, it's the perfect role for him. Uh, yes. They just finally, they were like, I think they just, they didn't bring him back that much because they didn't know what to do with him. And then finally, in the final season, Garth as a suburban dad, dentist for werewolves. Like, that's the yeah. perfect role for him. Uh, it, it was is. so good. Um. Yeah, so I really liked that episode. I liked that they brought back Garth, that they recognize uh, the characters that are important to the fans to see one last time. Um, Mm -hmm. 
because Garth really hadn't been in much. He'd been, he made a couple appearances over the last five years. Um, but putting him in the final season, 10 episodes from the end says a lot about yeah. the way that they perceive Garth. And that, and I mean, I, and I totally agree with the placement. So um, I'm excited about that. But that said, in the final season, who have you, um, who do you want to see back still that we haven't seen back? Um, I, I don't know. Cause I really wanted to see, um, Adam and we got to see Adam <laughs> mm-hmm. and I really liked that they brought back Eileen because I really liked her and I think she's really good for Sam mm-hmm. and I don't really ship anybody on this show. Like I'm not, Right. That's not that's why not I watch the show. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's not a shipper type show. Right. But, like I felt it when they kissed uh, when she <laughs> left, and I was just like, uh, he, she's good for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, listen, I would love to have Crowley come back, but I oh, don't yeah. think that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounded pretty final when uh, they said, "You never know," and Mark Shepard was like, "What? No, don't lead them on." um i think that's pretty that sounded pretty final to me yeah um definitely but i mean it is supernatural so you do never know um yeah and i really think that this this might be planned and under wraps anyway but if i if you can get john and mary back that would be really good i feel Um, like it would be a perfect way to end it like to bring them back to somehow close it out Right. Like that would be a great circular ending and it would just bring everything back to the beginning. And, you know, it's always been about this Winchester family and the bonds that they have. And I think that would be a really great way to send out this show. Yeah. And, and they've already done such a good job with the guest stars that we have seen. Um, so I really just, and I feel like that's for a really a, like a series finale thing too, is yeah. you know, to see Mary or John before that wouldn't feel right um but to see them at the end even if it's just like you know the boys walk into heaven and their mom and dad are sitting at the table there like um but you know and i I think i'd be happy if the last time we saw john was was when he came back before i mean Um, jeffrey dean morgan has said that he he'd be willing to do it again so you know yeah (laughs) and and supernatural and walking dead don't really share shooting schedules um, right because walking dead shoots in the summer so uh you know theoretically it could work but you know there's a lot jeffrey dean morgan's very in demand so yeah uh, we'd have to see but i think i think more than anything i want to see him um and there was somebody else I was thinking of, but just uh, definitely I'd really like to see, you know, like their Charlie and their Bobby back again. Oh yeah. Cause they currently have the, I forgot they have the alternate universe one. Yeah. Earth two Bobby and earth two Charlie. Um, <laughs> you know who I just thought of that? Like, cause saying their Bobby, like, I don't know why it like made me think of this, but I was like, I, it's like never in a million years probably going to happen, but I'd love to see Ash again. Like that would be oh. really kind of cool. Oh yeah, Ash and uh, Ellen and Joe. Yeah, um, that would be oh that would be amazing. Um, even if it's just like, can can you guys fly out to Vancouver and like stand in this room for a minute? Yeah. And, uh, so I mean, <laughs> I doubt they would do it, but people did do uh, CW Arrowverse shows for less. Um, 
Exactly. <laughs> so you never know. Um, I yeah, I definitely like to see some of the the old gang like that. Uh, yeah. Ash and and Ellen and Joe, and um, they they can never get Sterling K Brown back now, but he's on my dream list. For well, and and I I feel like this last episode with all their like mishaps and their bad luck, it like just harkened back to bad day at Black Rock, and it mm-hmm. was just like okay, that's like classic like beginning of the series like you need more of that this season because it's like like i said it's circling it back around and bringing it home and i think that would be a cool step to make because be like hey guys would you be able to come back and do one more for old time's sake even if it's two seconds of seeing them in heaven or hell or wherever they end up right you know (laughs) yeah and i'd really like to see um Gabriel do another encore. Oh, uh, Gabriel. That, <laughs> and I mean, and you know that Love Richard him. Spate is round because oh, yeah. he's directing you know episodes. He it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just like, you know, literally he could, I mean, and it can just be explained away. It's like literally every time you've seen me die is me tricking you. Uh, <laughs> but also they literally would probably only have to like throw a cookie at him and he'd be like, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> Any, I mean, even if it was one of those, like in uh, what was that season nine where he appears to Castiel, and and like uh, he's like, "This is a dream, isn't it?" And he just goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> "Like even something like that, I would love that." But uh, you know, it it seems like for the most part, they get what the fans are looking for in the mm-hmm. final season, and they're still doing a good job with the story. At least in right. my opinion. They're being um, meta, but they're not being so meta that it takes away from what they're trying to tell. Right. And they're, they're um, you know, the battle against God is very much prevalent. And then they've, they've still been able to bring Michael out of the cage and see Adam again and um, see Garth again and, and do all these other things that are just, you know, really pretty blatant fan service in the sense that we're never going to get to see them again. Um, but I feel like, and I, I feel like they've struggled with that sometimes, but yeah. in the final season, it's real. I really feel like they're doing a good job of pushing it towards the end and saying, you know, here's all the things you want to see. And also the story that we want to tell. So, um, I'm excited and I'm also really excited that Jack's back. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, um I did want to make a statement because I know that you and I both loved him. I mean, when I did my underrated characters list for 2019 catch, it was so like, he was such a redemption for him to like go out protecting the Winchesters. Yes. To his very last breath. And I'm like, that is some great story. Like that's when they're good. Sometimes their storytelling is not so great, but like that was a perfect example of great storytelling. Yeah, well, and I think that you've kind of noticed a theme too, because um, really, in the same episode, Catch and Rowena both kind of lay on their mm-hmm. swords so that the Winchester can keep fighting, and right. um, and so and as you've gone on, you know, especially with with Garth, where they say, you know, you're a hero, and he goes, learn from the best. Uh, it's it's kind of that's kind of them finally explicitly stating 
like this is an illustration of the, the legacy that the Winchesters have left. Right. You know, yeah. they, they've inspired all of these other people. These people have become hunters after meeting the Winchesters and they've, uh, you know, catch was kind of a jerk and he has become, you know, becomes a martyr for the cause of team free will and all, um, all because of the influence of Sam and Dean. And so like, and I think that's why they've built up to bringing Jack back instead of just bringing him back. Right. Cause Jack is the ultimate, like he's the Legacy. only person God is scared of. And yep. he's <laughs> also influenced by the Winchesters. Like he's yeah, the he's person he ulti- is. He's their ultimate legacy. Beca- he's like, the person he is because of them. And so that's uh, the battle of good versus evil literally comes down to the Winchester's legacy. I agree. I think that, and I also think that this season they're doing that, not just for the fans to be like, yeah, we see you guys. We see that you guys love these got these characters and that they've influenced you. But like, I think they're also doing it to show Sam and Dean that, yeah, times may be looking really pretty awful right now but you guys have done so much good Mm -hmm. and you've changed so many lives yeah yeah and i I like that they're they're kind of planting these seeds too and then paying them off like you know catching rowena happens pretty early on and they don't bring jack back until seven episodes later and uh, they're they're saying other little things that i think are that I think are hints like when they brought Eileen back, it was very much, they, they mentioned like, Oh yeah, you can do this spell once, but after that, uh, death's going to discover the loophole and close it. And I was like, I feel like the Winchesters have a pretty good relationship with death and she might not do that. Right. Um, <laughs> so like, uh, but it's, it sounded like a throwaway line, but it wasn't. And then of course it's death who wakes Jack up and says, you know, we got work to do. Yeah. So they're, they're really doing a good job of, of setting all these things up, illustrating the Winchester's legacy. Um, I'm overall, I'm really thrilled with season 15. How do you feel? I'm extremely thrilled. Like I, it's better than I expected, which is crazy considering I had maybe like an seven out of 10 expectation level (laughs) coming into it. You know, it's, pretty much an eight and a half nine yeah like they're doing really good yeah and it's it's hard especially when uh you know it was only supposed to go five seasons and it goes 10 more than that yeah Um, so all of that considered they're doing a pretty good job Uh, a great job actually (laughs) and 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 some of their emotional moments just uh um i mentioned this in my review when sam and dean or uh dean and Cass were in purgatory and they got split up and, and Dean Ugh. prays. Dean's and, prayer uh, right in the chest. Yeah. Ugh. Well, and then even when he gets back and Cass is just like, I heard you. Like, oh, devastating Like, I've not cried over these guys or even like, quote unquote, shipped them. But that was a ship moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I was just like, they're just playing into it now. Uh, <laughs> they're just baiting those people to stick around for the last 10 episodes. Um, <laughs> but it, it was so good. And it, like, they've always had the chemistry, but mm. um, just, oh man, th- that moment in particular was so good. And it's like, you don't think of 
Jensen Ackles and Misha Collins as like really strong actors. Not that they're not, just that people don't think of them in the same way they think right. of, you know, like Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, but I will say Jensen's a better actor than Jared. I'm sorry, but I'm no, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Um, and, and maybe that's what maybe, uh, I think Jared might do well in Walker, Texas Ranger to do his best, (laughs) to do his best Jensen impression. Uh, but it's, um, I think Jensen's the best of the three of them too, but yeah, they, they don't always have these moments, but they do really well with them when they get them. Um, I'm, and, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I watched it with my roommate, and while, as he was saying it, we were, like, on the edge of our seat, and we were like, I love you. I love you. Because, <laughs> like, it's, like, that was going to be the next step. <laughs> and I was just oh, like, man. not that I hardcore ship this, but, like, that was an I love you moment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I felt it a little bit. Um, fan service. Yeah, well, that's like I said, they're towing that fan service and uh, strong storytelling line really well. Yeah, so. they are. Uh, so, anything else you want to say about Supernatural season fifteen, or or uh, you know, besides the fact that I feel old, considering. <laughs> It's the final season, and I've been watching it since I was in high school. Oh, my gosh. Like, God, it's half my life, yo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I remember when it came on, uh, but I didn't really get into it until um, – so I binge-watched eight seasons of it. Uh, oh, okay. About, you know, seven years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah, six or seven years ago, whenever that was. I, I can't even keep track. I, I don't do math. So I um, like, um, you know, I had DVR and I recorded the first few episodes of yeah. season nine and then I caught up. So it was like over the summer. Um, and I'd seen episodes before that. Like I was familiar. Uh, yeah. my, my roommate and a girl that he had kind of been dating were into it. And so like they'd be in our room watching it. Um, and I would see scattered episodes and just be like, yeah, it's kind of predictable, like whatever. Um, but then when I watched it from the beginning, I was like, I really got hooked into the to the uh, overarching story behind the yellow eyed demon and all that. Yeah. Uh, so I just blew through eight seasons in in uh, a month or so, a couple months, and then uh, watched it live starting with season nine. So I've yeah. still been around for a while. That's- I started watching live with midway season two because mm-hmm. I I didn't start it when it first started, but like. My fr- my friend was like, yo, you know that guy from Grey's Anatomy that we like? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, he's on this show with these <laughs> brothers. And so since it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I didn't really know who Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles were by name. But then I started watching. I was like, oh, hey, that's that guy from Gilmore Girls. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but sure, okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jensen Ackles was on Smallville for a year. Yeah, uh, and and – and then I was like, and that guy's from Smallville, because I had watched Smallville, like, religiously. Yeah. Um, obsession with Superman over here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's okay. Uh, totally get it. But, yeah, no, it's it's the end of an era, and I kind of feel like it's the, like, kind of like when Harry Potter ended, it was like, oh, okay, my childhood is over. Like, this is the end of my childhood. But, like, I feel like this is kind of, the end of my 
teen years, so to speak. I mean, I'm 30, but like, it feels right. like the end of that. Like I've grown up with this show <laughs> yeah. and it's just insane to think that it's ending. I don't know. Well, and it's it's uh, really the landscape, especially on the CW is going to look really different. Um, it's just, you know, I, have kept up with a lot of shows and they've fallen off, you know, shows have started and ended in this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arrow started after and ended before supernatural. Um, and, and like that's off the air now. And so it's just, um, it's going to be really weird to try to fill that void, um, mm-hmm. you know, cause like, first of all, I have to find another show to write about. Uh, <laughs> which it's like you, you know, Supernatural does twenty episodes a year, and then I can fill the summer with something else, and I'm good. Right. Um, but now it's like, okay, what do I do now? Um, it's just a really weird, and I, I I stay away from new shows because if they suck, then I have to quit, um, and I don't like to quit things. And I've reviewed shows way too long. Um, <laughs> But yeah, because then once you commit to writing reviews, you're like, God damn it, I gotta actually stick with this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I mean, like, I watched Forever on ABC, and I reviewed that when I was back back when I was with TV Overmine, and uh, I watched it way too long because I committed to reviewing it, and I just didn't like mm-hmm. it that much. Um, so you know, it it happens, but I'm I'm just I'm really interested to see what the landscape is going to look like now. Um, you know, what's, what's going to come out of this? Are they going to lean heavily on legacies? Are they going to fill it all with superhero stuff or, uh, you know, what happens next? And that, and the other networks for the first time actually have shows that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And so like other networks are overtaking my viewing habits from the CW, which is weird. Which is funny because, like, I feel like we're kind of polar opposites on that. Like, I've, not that I'm thinking I'm going to start watching CW more, but, like, in the sense that I've watched, like, maybe one or two shows on CW, but most of the shows I watch are on NBC, because I watch the Chicago shows. I watch mm-hmm. the 911 shows on Fox. I watch, you know, stuff on ABC, and it's, like, I don't really watch things, and I steer clear of CBS because I boycott them. But anyways, that's the said point. Um but like I don't watch that much on CW, and so like it's funny to hear you say, "Well, now I got to find another network to like watch." <laughs> yeah, Honestly, I mean, I watch. I've always watched other stuff on other networks, but like, uh, you know, a couple of shows from like I, I watched a couple of CBS comedies, and like Big Bang Theory ended last year. Yeah. And so when Big Bang Theory ended, I was like, I probably am gonna watch nothing on CBS, and then my favorite new show is Evil. So like I'm so right back I've on heard CBS. That's really good. But I yes. have, I don't like that CBS makes you pay in order to watch them if you can't oh, watch yeah. the episodes live. And I'm like, I don't like that. Yeah. Like it's just, and it drives, because I'm like, I already pay enough for Hulu and Netflix and, and Prime. And I'm like, I, I, I can't pay anymore, but I want to watch Evil because I've heard it's really good. Yes. So <laughs> Evil's finale um, airs tonight, actually, that we're recording this. Okay. Um, so if you have a seven day free trial in your future, um, oh, yeah. after today would be a good time to do it. Um, you know, just saying <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hands down the best <laughs> new network show. Yeah. Um, 
So, and then if you have that, if you watch that, we'll still have something to talk about when Supernatural's over. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> but you know, there's there's other. I'm I'm getting into network shows again for the first time in a while, and it was really just CW shows and comedies for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's I've I've watched network dramas on other networks for the first time this year, like uh, pro- like one on each network almost. Um, okay. So like, uh, I really, well, I've always seen the pilot of Zoe's extraordinary playlist, but, um, I didn't even realize that was a drama until it aired. Yeah. Well, uh, I realized that only a pilot has aired. Like they haven't aired anything since. So it's like, maybe it was, I guess it's one of those, like, let's see how the pilot worked. I don't know. Yeah. They, they dropped it early. I think because they're the premiere date officially is listed as a couple weeks from now. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. Um, I, I really my eyes that. out watching that. Yeah, um, it's it's really good. Um, it is, and I really like that. I really like that they're not all like professional sounding singers too. Like Peter Gallagher definitely had some like 2012 Les Mis vibes, but I, but I liked um, it. I mean, listen, I love Skylar Aston. That dude, I would oh yeah, walk the earth for that man. Um, but I like that he was one of the only ones that actually sounded like he could sing. Um, yeah. And that's more realistic yes. because not everyone can sing. And when we're singing in our head, we're clearly not going to be in tune if we can't sing in tune in real life. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, it was nice to see that for sure. Yeah. It's really, it was really raw, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, so I like that on NBC and evil on CBS. And I really liked, uh, or I really like emergence on ABC Okay. because I, and I've really, I, I never was really into Lost. Um, I need to go back and watch it still because I just didn't watch it enough. I don't know if we could be friends, Nick. Um, it's it was uh, it's really just <laughs> that I was in college while it was airing, so I wasn't paying Listen, attention to it I, much. I, I act like I'm a Lost mom <laughs> when I only saw it like two years ago. Right. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's still on my list. It's still on my radar. But the thing that I've tried to watch the shows since Lost that have tried to be like. You know, mm-hmm. every couple of years, ABC, ABC says, bring me another Lost, right? Mm-hmm. So Emergence is the first one that, like, actually is good. Like, Resurrection okay. was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just about the only thing that kept me coming back was the mystery. And Emergence is, like, it, it solves the mystery pretty quickly, and then it keeps going. You know, there's more to dig into. And the characters are really good. Uh, and Allison Tolman and and because I'm a big Fargo fan and I'm actually okay. like one of my college professors is friends with Allison Tolman. Um, so I just feel like I'm connected to her. Uh, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and like Donald Faison, I'm a big Scrubs fan. Uh, yeah. Wayne Yeoman from, um, he was on turn. I reviewed turn all four seasons for TV Overmind. Okay. Uh, and he was, he played Benedict Arnold and he was fantastic. He's just a really fantastic actor. Um, so it's, it's got a really good cast. Uh, and the characters are really strong and the mystery I, is good, but it's not, that's not what's driving people to watch. Right. So uh, that one's good. And then on, uh, there's another network. I guess I'm not watching one on Fox and that's, that's it. You should uh, be watching am, Prodigal Son. It's so good. <laughs> I'm uh, I am watching Stumptown also. So, okay. so I do have the right number, but I don't, I, I think Fox I've almost completely, dissolved 
Like, I, I'm just not. It used to be, you know, you it used to be CBS. You say the person and, who reviews Fox Television. Shows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just my interest in it has waned. Um, but that's, that's not to fair. say that I won't get interested in something that they're airing. Just that the only thing that I've watched lately on there is the Mass Singer finale, just to find out if I was right. <laughs> um, so you know, oh no, it is what um, it is. obviously I review nine one one on Fox, yeah. um, and I love that show. But like, and when they came up with the idea for their spinoff, Lone Star, I was like, ah, I I I asked Allison if I could review it because I was like, well, I'm sure I'll like it. It's the same creators, you know, whatever. I was like, I'm intrigued. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, sign me up. But like we've only had three episodes, and mm-hmm. I like it more than nine one one, which has had two and a half seasons. <laughs> like I'm like because I feel like one of the problems that nine one one has is that like yes they try to be super relevant for right now and things like that, but they're not diverse. They have one Asian character, mm-hmm. um, three black characters, two gay characters. Like they're not. It's diverse. They're like hitting the buttons, but they're not like really exploring the buttons if that makes sense right um but then there's lone star and they have a trans african-american character they have a gay character they have hispanic characters they have female strong female characters i'm like they have like everything and it's not because they're there to fill a quota like i i i don't know i feel like the strong this the storytelling maybe they have different i don't know if they have different writers or not i gotta look into that but the writing is so much better too. And I'm like, all right, this is actually a spinoff I can get behind. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard good things. Um, but I, I, you know, I struggle with some of those, um, those dramas. Well, yeah. Some of the medical and police dramas, they all, all feel alike to me in, in a way. And it's, it's hard for me to pay attention to them. Um, cause it's like, it just immediately sets me into my, like, I'm going to browse my phone and leave this on in the background kind of mentality. Um, and it's not to say that I haven't picked those up before, uh, but it's just, I've never been, I've never been, I'm not their target audience. And I know that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I, I'm more into like high concept or unique or, uh, stuff like that. But, uh, I'm also not opposed to falling in for something new. So, yeah, I, I'm the type of person that like I do like those complex and unique and stuff. I mean, like in my top five favorite shows of all time are Lost and Fringe. Like, I mean, obviously I like those kinds of shows and Supernaturals up there too. But like, I also like I like a good medical related drama. Like, I hate Grey's Anatomy. I think it's annoying and obnoxious. And very tired and like they repeat the same stuff over and over and over again but like I feel like with 911 it's not really quote-unquote medical mm-hmm. it's more first it's because it's first responders so it's really just right. emergencies and then you don't see the medical part of it except like the initial like oh let's assess the scene as paramedics and then take them away like yeah. um, and it's more of the weird and bizarre cases that they come across mm-hmm. like they had a case where this woman took too much um, like gum reliever paint, like pain reliever stuff. And it turned her skin blue and <laughs> like things like that. Or someone fell out their window cause they were trying to do the, make the best Instagram video. And I'm just like, that's stupid. <laughs> but also really funny. Um, but like, 
I, I, I'm into it more for the character development, the character yeah. stuff. I'm, oh yeah, you know? of course. But yeah. I, I, I get where you're coming from though. Like I understand it's not for everybody. It's yeah. definitely not. But well, and it's it's not that I'm opposed to watching them. It's that it's hard for me to get into them. And like, frankly, I have two children. I will already watch like 20 <laughs> shows. I don't have time to get into them. Uh, I, How I many will times have, have you watched Secret Life of Pets? <laughs> uh, quite a few. More than I care to admit. That's um, my roommate's daughter's current obsession. So I've seen it many, many times. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen it a few times. Um, <laughs> it's, my kid's more into some like Disney Plus shows right now, so that's actually like a welcome. Reprieve. Hey, that's good. <laughs> but I did I did just do a blog post on the nixinfinitepliclist.com website uh, about the shows that my kids watch and why they're weird, um, <laughs> and kind of just did a short evaluation of some of them. Um, yeah, so. I'm, I'm going to kind of use this as a segue into the next segment called infinite playlist. And that's just yep. a way for us to tell people what we're loving right now and how to get in on it. So, um, Mary, what are you loving right now? Um, so I'm currently like co-currently watching two shows that I'm like really late to the game on. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is marvelous Mrs. Maisel on prime and Succession okay. on HBO. Okay. And I I honestly never thought I'd like Succession because, like, I read the synopsis of it when it came out, and I was like, whatever, that sounds dumb. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was like, it sounds godfathery, and I'm like, eh, I don't yeah. really have time for that. Oh, yeah. And, but a friend of mine was like, well, Matthew McFadden's on it. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I was like, I've seen everything he's done. And she's like, well, you haven't seen Succession, apparently. And I'm like, okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so I started watching it as research sort of for my list for the end of the year Yeah. because he was on my list. His character was, and I was like, okay, I got to kind of know the vibe of him so I can at least put an image to what words on review sites are saying about his character, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I fell in love. Like Kieran Culkin is, oh my God, blows the game out of the water with this show. Like, he, oh my gosh, I, I, it's hard to explain <laughs> without giving plot points away. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, but. I, and I haven't seen it, that, so. You know, huh? And I haven't seen it, so. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil it for you if you ever end up watching it. Um, but I, basically, it's about this family that um, the father is this big mogul of business and television and media in general. Like, he's. I, I haven't quite figured out exactly all that his his business encompasses, his company, mm -hmm. but um, it's a lot, basically. And it starts off with the oldest, the oldest son, not the oldest son, but one of the oldest sons, Jeremy Strong's character, mm. being told, okay, you're going to get handed the reins because I'm retiring. And then the minute he thinks he's about to make his speech of like, I accept this position, blah, blah, whatever, his dad swoops in and is like, just kidding. I'm not retiring. And he's like, are you freaking kidding me, dad? Like, so the whole first season is centered on him trying to take his father down and get him to retire or be deemed medically incompetent. Mm -hmm. Um, because he's old as dirt, like the dude's <laughs> old. And there's this random cousin that shows up because he worked as like a low peon in their company and he needed 
he lost his job because he was drunk at work and got fired. <laughs> and so he needs, he's like, I'm a cousin. Can you like, you know, hear me out? And he's played by Nicholas Braun. Do you know who that is? Uh, that sounds familiar. Disney Channel star, like from the early 2000s. Like hmm. he was in Minutemen. Um, i trying to think what else he, he was in. He was in Hatching Pete. Like he was in these Disney Channel movies, and like as like a preteen, and now he's this grown man, and he's phenomenal on this show. And I was just like, this is weird because I've always seen you as a child and forever a child, and you're not a child anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really it's a really good drama. It's very like edge of your seat. You have to pay attention, um, and. I think Jeremy won an award recently for his role and he deserves it because he makes me hate his character. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously Marvelous Maisel is hysterical. It's really good. Um, which is weird. Cause I, up until recently, I've never really been into comedies. Yeah. And this is a good one. Like it's so good. I'm only in season two, but it's really good. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, heard good things about both of these shows um i've not seen either one of them it's like i said it's kind of um i'm at a point right now where i'm trying to decide which shows i'm never going to go back to uh because i feel like because my tv tracker app is like you have 400 unwatched episodes um so <laughs> that's it's just you know it's i'm kind of at the point where like i'm very picky about starting new stuff and and mm-hmm. trying to figure it out and, and watching like i i watched um Watchmen over my Christmas break. Okay. Um, and so what I actually was going to talk about was uh, that I'm, I'm finally like starting to wrap some of those up. So I'm able to pick up new things now. Mm-hmm. And one of those that just wrapped up was the ranch on Netflix. Have you ever seen it? Oh, yeah. My roommate watches that. I've seen an episode here and there. Yeah. Pretty good. And I, I really like um, it's framed as a comedy and it's, but it's really, they're really strong with the drama element of it. It's like, very it, heartfelt. Yes. Uh, and they do a really good job with that. And I really yeah. like, I really like um, shows that, ki- that show um, that are outside of, you, you know, the big city. Um, <laughs> I really, I really appreciate rural uh, humor because I'm, I have lots of roots in Kentucky. Um, okay. And so, and like, so I like that for, I like the ranch for that reason. And I also like um, last man standing and part of that is because it speaks to my upbringing, you know, yeah. um, a lot of the experiences on last man standing are things that I've been through. And so the ranch is, I, I have some, some rural roots. And so if I feel, um, it's comforting to me in some ways, uh, but also it's just, it's been really good. Um, and even the way that they had to kill off Danny Masterson in the middle was, mm-hmm. uh, regrettable. Uh, and that's part of it. It kind of shifted more towards the drama when they killed off his character because he was really he was like murdered, the, right? In, kind of, yeah. He was <laughs> run off the road. Well, I just saw an episode, and that's what they they said he was murdered, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, like I said, yeah. out of context. <laughs> and he, uh, so he was kind of the driving force behind the comedy, mm-hmm. uh, and so it got less funny when he was off the show. But. Um, it, it the last few seasons were still really strong um and it's it's emotional you know it's it's uh as a father it's made me 
tear up a little. And I, I when they killed off Rooster, I, I wept. Um, right. And that, not every show has that effect on me. I, I'm a little bit more weepy now that I'm a dad. But um, yeah, so I've, I've really enjoyed that. It's a kind of shout out to, to the rants now that it's over and I've finished it. Um, and it's, it's um, all available now if somebody's looking for a relatively long-term Netflix binge. Mm-hmm. Um, they're short episodes. And, and I thought Ashton Kutcher probably did some of the best work of his career. On I that. was about to say his dramatic acting in this is spot on. Like, like I said, I've only seen maybe 10 episodes total. Yeah. So like he blows me away in all 10 of those episodes that I've seen. Yeah. So he does a He's phenomenal job. Really strong. Uh, Sam Elliott really holds it together. Well, um, there's lots of guest stars that were on that 70 show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Elisha Cuthbert is on there. She's really good. Uh, just, just a really good cast in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's lots of just like, Hey, I remember them from my favorite TV show in the late nineties, early two thousands people on it. Yeah. Um, like Martin Mull and Wilmer Valderrama and, uh, <laughs> the mom and dad from that 70s show. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot in it for a lot of different audiences and that's part of what I like about it. But, um, I finished it. I really enjoy it. Um, and I can talk about that anytime. So I'm more interested in what my guests have to say. Uh, <laughs> so um, you talk about how the ranch is cause like it like speaks to some of your roots, whatever. I, I, sometimes I, you say that and I think I wonder, I'm like, wonder if that's why I like why Shit's Creek is that way with me because I grew up in a small town and yeah. like it's centered in a small, like middle of nowhere town. So mm-hmm. like, I was like, I get that. I'm from Kansas. Like, that's legit the middle of nowhere America. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I think, yeah, I think sometimes when we're watching television, we're looking for things like that that, like, give us comfort and remind us of home and yeah. um, where we came from. And it's always great when we find that show that, like, really is able to create that strong bond like the ranch did for you, so. Yeah, and I'm glad there's, you found that. <laughs> there's lots of different cultures out there that aren't getting explored, and like, and I recognize that, uh, you know, there's there's cultures in the sense of blackish, fresh off the boat, and mm. and things like that, and there's also cultures in the sense of, well, you know, uh, lots of these shows are set in New York or Los Angeles because the writer's frame of reference is from New York or Los Angeles. Yep. And so these shows set in rural Colorado uh, are just different they just speak to a different group of people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I really appreciate that. And I like to try to find those, I, you know, not that I don't watch shows that, uh, are set in New York or LA, but just that that can get tiresome. So. I agree. I agree. Cause I don't understand that frame. Like maybe that's why I like Lone Star a little bit better than I do 911 because Lone Star's from Texas and that's like the part of the country I'm from. Yeah. So like I get it. I understand a lot of these cliches that they're throwing at us and I'm like, uh yeah, they're very tired and tropey, but I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um yeah, so that that's all I really have. Um but so okay, so if you want to catch up on the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, that's on Amazon Prime. Um It has three su- seasons so far. Succession is on HBO, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And then The Ranch is on Netflix. 
So that's all how you get in on it. services. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. Um, it's almost like they're dominating the landscape or something. I wonder. <laughs> Speaking right. of streaming services. <laughs> yeah. So um, that'll take us into our final segment, um, which is called Artist Highlight, an attempt to celebrate the entire library of works of one artist. So picked off a pretty big one to start. Robin Williams has quite an impressive body of work, but I picked it because it's finite. Um, unfortunately he's no longer with us. Mm -hmm. So, um, previously on here, we've covered what dreams may come and flubber, uh, two very opposite ends of the spectrum. (laughs) And so this time, uh, Mary and I have decided to cover Jack, which is a 1996 film. Um, and it's on Disney plus. And, um, so I had seen this movie before, but it had been about 20 years. Oh, listen, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen it since like 2000, maybe 2001. <laughs> yes. So, and I want to, real quick, I want to break away from this for a second. When I looked at your list of like movies for him, I almost added Dead Poets Society. And then I was like, no, I don't want to do depressing when I'm talking on a podcast. I was like, <laughs> let's, <laughs> I was like, I'll go for Jack. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, um, so there's a lot of things that surprised me about watching Jack in the year 2020. Um, so can one of them be the, the the actors that were in this movie that I'd forgotten were in this movie? Yes. So it's just it's like a who's who of 1996, but Robin Williams, Diane Lane, Jennifer Lopez, Bill Cosby, Fran Drescher. Oh my gosh! Can you? Can I? Am I even allowed to say Bill Cosby? Um, yeah, it's a little taboo right now. It was weird oh my to see his face because I was just like, "Ooh." Yeah. Well, Ooh. it's like you know you're used to seeing him now, and he's this old, defeated man. Um, yeah. But like, right then he was young and and vibrant. I mean, like, and relatively the top so. of his career. Yeah. Um, really, even at the tail end, because it's after the Cosby Show, and right around the time that the other one Cosby aired mm-hmm. um but it uh, I, it surprised me I did not remember that at all um and Michael McKean was in it he um you know I know him as he's played lots of different roles but I know him as uh Chuck McGill from Better Call Saul okay um and he had a full head of hair so that was strange <laughs> um, and then even the um Journey Smollett was in it uh, she's she's in the new Birds of Prey movie that's coming out soon. Okay, who is she? Um, she was the the I believe she's the young black girl that was. Okay, I know. I was like, she looks familiar. You know who else looked familiar? The little kids, the kid with the glasses that was very scrawny and mousy looking. I was yes. like, he was in every '90s movie. I feel. Yes, like, I remember him distinctly from Little Rascals. Um, I also remember him from. Um, <laughs> Oh, what was the one about the father who was a football coach and his daughter wanted to play football? Little Giants. Little Giants. He was in that <laughs> one too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there was quite a who's who of 90 stars yeah. in there. But I'll tell you what surprised me the most about, mm-hmm. about Jack is that when the credits rolled and it said directed by Francis Ford Coppola. You would never what? expect a family film like that <laughs> to be done by the great Francis Ford Coppola, who did God- Godfather and yeah. like, all these major blockbusters. You're just like, wait, what? Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> ugh, I, I was I, 
blown away. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Just to see his name in like that kind of type was weird. Yes. It was uh, very weird. I actually wrote a note about it off. in all caps. Yeah. yeah, I wrote his name on my notes in all caps. I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> uh, and you know, so you know, it was made a long time ago for a lot of reasons, um, but also that like Fran Drescher looked good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, I've been lately at late at night. Um, I'll turn on this. I think it's like TV Land or one of those channels that airs old nanny episodes, and so like I'll fall oh, yeah. asleep to watching the nanny, and I'm like. So it was weird to see her because I was like, wait, am I watching the nanny? I'm confused. <laughs> and yeah. then I was like, oh no, she's that one kid's mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And so there's so much of this just like visually Jennifer Lopez kind of being meek and unassuming. Mm-hmm. Um, Fran Drescher being in it. Uh, all of, There's quite a bit of it that struck me um, weirdly. Like... I, I don't know. And I definitely didn't remember all of the movie. Um, yeah. So watching it, it was kind of like watching it for the first time and being like, oh, I've seen this part before. Um, like, I definitely remember the scene with the gummy bears and him falling down the stairs and having a heart attack or whatever. Um, I remember that. I remember but, the graduation scene at the very end because that's yes. like everywhere. Yes. Um, <clears throat> And I remember when Robin Williams first died, that speech was used mm-hmm. um, in all of like the memorial videos. And I'm like, all right, I remember this. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> there, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right words here. It was really, um, there are some really distinct scenes. And then I, I just kind of felt like the rest of it was a little jumbled in terms of, tone yes um so like it doesn't it didn't really it was kind of like oh i want to be an outrageous robin williams movie but i also want to be a serious drama like and it, and it didn't toe that line very well and it, it was just mm-hmm. kind of so it ended up feeling just kind of melancholy um i mean that was my takeaway what about you my takeaway was that like I was like I remember loving this movie when I was a kid and I was like because I thought it was kind of funny and cool that like this 10 year old kid was actually a 40 year old man like right that like was weird and cool to me as a kid but I'm watching it now and I'm like it just feels hollow like there's not much to it like there's little bits that are like supposed to punch you in the gut and like make you feel a lot but then everything else just seemed very like okay, these kids are going to go along and do this or whatever. And I'm like, okay, was there a point to that? I don't, you know, I yeah. just didn't feel, it was very disjointed. Yes. Very disjointed. Yeah. It didn't, there wasn't really a cohesive um, narrative to it. It was just kind of like, Oh, it might be cool to put this in a movie or it might be cool to put this in a movie. And like the, the premise was interesting enough, but it didn't really do anything with it. Um, it just, and it, it kind of has this underlying message of, of, um, you know, accepting people that look different from you and, and stuff like that. But it didn't, none of that really hit home. It was just kind of a, there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And well, you know, Francis Ford Coppola directed the Godfather. So we're just going to put him in charge of it and make a lot of money at the box office. 
Um, and Robin Williams was a bankable box stop, box office star at the time. So I'm assuming that was the thinking. Well, and I didn't really care for the whole romantic narratives that were going on with it. Cause I was like, cause looking at it now, I'm like, this is creepy. Like, this is yeah. weird. Like well, what? The, they never really resolved that thing between him and Lewis's mom. Yeah. And, and like, so they never really, I, I assume she found out because you know, she was at graduation and like acted like, Oh yeah, I know who this is now. But yeah. like for a while, it's just like, are they ever going to tell her that he's 10 years old? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like what the heck? Uh, so just, yeah, some of it just felt weird. Um, it, it, yeah. I, ironically, you know, Bill Cosby probably felt the least weird, except that he was hanging out with the kids sometimes. Yeah, that was that was really weird to me. But I wondered if that was weird to me because it was tainted by Bill Cosby now. <laughs> so, yeah. But I was like, but maybe it was weird because this teacher shouldn't be hanging out in a treehouse with a group of 10-year-old boys. And how did they not die when it fell down? <laughs> that, that, was, that was played for laughs. And I was like, that's going to kill them all. <laughs> It's a treehouse that's mostly cardboard it and collapsed wood. on them. Like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so I just like, I, so what I feel like is that the writers and Francis Ford Coppola, I don't think any of them had ever met a 10 year old. Yeah. Um, and that's what it really, I feel like was missing. Cause I feel like they were, they were, Jack was acting younger than 10 for a while and then like but i wonder if maybe him acting younger than 10 was because he was isolated for so long and his parents treated him like a a, you know like a fragile child yeah yeah and i I could see that uh that thought crossed my mind Um, but i I mean it's also terrible writing but yeah just like give a little like devil's advocate here for a moment it seemed like a bunch of people who don't have kids or spend time with kids writing a movie about kids Four um, kids. yeah and it's it's so it just didn't feel like because I, I i've several times the things the kids were doing were like look i was a kid in the 90s i know that's not realistic uh yeah. I, you know i wasn't 10 when this movie came out but i was seven i was like, gonna say i was seven, <laughs> I was seven. Uh, so you know it's not like i don't understand it it's just that i think so as an adult it looks like I feel like they've never met a child <laughs> because, you know, some of the immaturity there was, and it could have been because he was sheltered, but also like my three and a half year old is more mature than that. But like, I also feel like some of the language that these kids had, I was like, that's not 10 year old language. Yeah. Like this is an adult trying to sound like a 10 year old and they're failing. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, on the podcast I recorded before this, that, None of these have come out yet, but uh, we talked about heavyweights um, and that came out the year before. And there was, that was, that's been Disney movie all along. Um, And it's very clear that it went under heavy editing uh, before it came out. Uh, So like, it kind of seems like they wrote it and shot it. And then uh, Disney was like, you have to change all of this. Um, And so like, I feel like uh, Jack was kind of kind of fits in with the times in that way, just that it's kind of cobbled together or it feels kind of cobbled together. Um, Mm -hmm. And that there's just a lot of uh, 
seems like a lot of tone deaf studio execs interfered with it maybe, but um, I don't know. It's just speculation. Yeah. So uh, overall, you know, it was okay. Um, I'm glad I watched it, but I'm not going to be watching it again. I'm glad I didn't yeah, buy it. I, I feel the same. So that's our verdict on Jack. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Not, I mean, not really, except that it really made me miss Robin Williams. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, I mean, kind of why I wanted to do this was just to highlight the range. And obviously I've hit all of the points so far because between what dreams may come Jack and flubber, there's a full range there. Um, yeah. So I, he was one of my favorite actors for most of I my life. I liked him better as a dramatic actor. I mean, yeah, he was great for as a sure. comedy actor too, but he's dramatic acting. Yeah. Is what really changed my life and shaped me. Yeah. You know? I, I really liked, um, I'm a big Dead Poets Society fan, but I'm also, yeah. Um, I'm a Maybe big we should fan just of, talk about that one sometime. Yeah. And I, I'm a big fan of some of his, some of his less serious work. Um, but there's a, there's a lot. So uh, yeah. there's a lot a room to appreciate several different things that he could do well. Um, and I also, you know, as a child of the 90s, pretty much any 90s Robin Williams movie, I'm there for it. So, except this one. Uh, <laughs> except this one, yeah. This one kind of failed but, uh, to uh, te- stand the test of time. Yeah, and that, uh, that happens, and, and that's part of, that's one of the interesting things to discuss. So, that's why I like to well, do Well, this is sort of on subjects. Yeah. But not really. Um just ahead, just I don't know if you knew this. I don't know how closely you follow theater, but they're coming out with a Mrs. Doubtfire musical. I did hear that, <laughs> uh, and, and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I think it sounds great. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. yep. just to throw that out there. <laughs> Good old Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Um, Doubtfire. <laughs> so anyway. Um, well, that'll wrap us up for this episode. Um, please subscribe to the podcast. Listen to it on Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I've also I have launched nicksinfinitplaylist.com, uh, which just has a couple blog posts on it right now. But I will be embedding the new podcasts um, into the blog. So please go listen. Uh, visit the website, read the posts I wrote about um, the shows my kids watch on Disney Plus. And um, thanks, Mary, for coming on. Of course, anytime. All right. This has been Nick's Infinite Playlist. Good night, everybody.